My name is Karina Harney, Playboy's Playmate of the Year, 1992. And I'm Echo Johnson, Miss January, 1993. Welcome to the Bunny Chronicles. Let's go. Okay. Hello, 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 everybody. Hi, Karina. I want to introduce guests, a little background on who's who, and then um, we will get started with the conversation that I know everybody wants to talk about. The beautiful Audra Lynn. She was Miss October night. Uh, well, big, Miss October two thousand three, and she loves muscle cars. She's a badass. I watched a video with her today and she's adorable and those hemi motors are no joke zero to 60 in four seconds yeah so she has a, a company uh called famous skincare for dogs and she is uh loves to show dogs and and she just won reserve best in show with one of her uh dogs and she was very close with holly and bridget and lived at the mansion at one point so we're gonna get to that uh our our second guest here up on the right hand uh, of your screen <laughs> they're in, in in bed with each other <laughs> We were having technical difficulties, so we had to, you know, he had to go. Thank God they're both in L.A. because they, he had to go over there, and, and, and there they are, which works out perfect. That's Brian. Brian on the right, and he was 20 years at the Playboy Mansion as a butler, and he, uh, but then he headed up all events at the mansion. And Brian also had a wildly successful show on Playboy Radio that he hosted for seven and a half years. And he has a one a, like an awesome, awesome company called Thunderwolf Produ- Production Incorporated. It's an estate management and events production company. So he does all of the things he used to do at the mansion, and it's on a meticulous level. So if you ever need anything done out there in L.A. as far as product, events and production... And then we have Josh Friedman, and he's in my arena that I love. Uh, but he was 14 years Hef's private bartender on the weekends for 14 years. So he has a lot of insight on, on things. And he has 125 credits to his name, if you check him out on IMDb. And he had the hard job of first AD, if anybody knows about that, and a long list of credits there. So he's he's a, a film, um, you know, bigwig. If I, if I can jump in uh, real quick, though, just so that way things aren't misunderstood out there. A lot of times, like, uh, people will say, like, head of all events. We had a huge events team. Yeah. I was just blessed to be part of that events team at the mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge team. It was a huge team effort. So I just never want things to be misconstrued to yeah. where, like, you know, I wasn't the main guy that did everything. That know, goes so. for me as the bartenders. Yeah, I did all the parties, uh, but there was a small handful of us authorized right. to bartend for Hefner on the weekends. Small town of the only people on the planet. Right away, the fact that you're both saying that mm-hmm. you you know you understand everything's a team effort. You weren't at Playboy for two months, and you're not on some show, uh, Secrets of Playboy, and you were at Playboy for two months, and and somehow had all of these incredible salacious stories. So 100%. I just love 100%. that you guys are humble and honest, and and you know, hey, it was it's an army that that company. You know, it takes a village. It takes a village. Yes. Yeah. 
living, breathing brand, as uh, Karina always likes to say. And there are so many people, you know, that were in the backside, you know, that were all equally responsible for, you know, running that company and, and being there for making it as amazing as it was, um, you know, from the mansion just to Playboy corporate itself. And the biggest testament to these wonderful guests that we keep having on our show is the amount of time that they spent at Playboy. Um, last season, Karina and I interviewed, you know, a bunch of people, the photographers and uh, creative art directors and staff writers and all kinds of stuff. And the minimum amount of time somebody was there was like 12 years and the max was 55. So that's huge. And that just speaks volumes to, you know, the company and to Hugh Hefner. Um, before we get into the full roundtable conversation regarding the ill-thought-out trash piece, A&E docuseries, Karina and I want to make a statement just to kind of let you know where we're coming from um, and about its subject matter. So, you know, our podcast can be categorized into many different arenas. It's, it's history. It's autobiographical autobiographical, uh, personal experience, and yeah, entertainment for sure. Um, and with that said, we take this very seriously and we can account for every piece of content we've discussed as being factual and true. And we are not here to bash Holly Madison and Sandra Theodore, Mickey Garcia, um, and Jennifer Saginor. But we are definitely going to talk about the group of female producers that are behind this. And it's just so it's just so bizarre because they are basing this whole series off of Jennifer Saginor's book, which was all bullshit. And Karina's going to read a letter here in a second that was uh, drafted by Hef when that book was published in uh, 2014. And the fact that these women are okay with spinning this narrative and really, you know, didn't seem to do any sort of, you know, fact checking and or research into who Hugh Hefner was and what he represented and the kind of person that he was. And it's so freaking unnerving. It, it, it makes me so mad. And I know it makes everybody's so mad because the Me Too movement and sexual violence is a very, very real, real thing. So the fact that these women, um, Alexander Dean, who's the executive producer, and Sarah Moshman, who is another one who contacted me a month ago, and I'll tell you about that later, um, but I let her have it <laughs> on behalf of all of us at Playboy. Um it's it's just bizarre. It's bizarre, and it doesn't make sense, and it totally invalidates real victims, and that's the problem that we have. And you know, obviously, clumping you know that no. category, sexual predator. It's it's it's. I I mean, there's no word for it because we all know furthest thing from the truth. You know, to have no. that attached to Hugh Hefner is like no. And so, what they're about is the cancel culture. And that's, that's what they're here to do. And I'm sorry, people, but you cannot cancel Hugh Hefner. He 
is so responsible for so many things in this world today that he was a part of, that he implemented and, you know, made a path for so many people. And he stood for First Amendment rights. He stood for civil rights, total feminist, totally in support of women. And it's just laughable that this is what they're focusing on is these four women that are the four most irrelevant characters of the whole Playboy legacy. Scary time in history, if you really think about this, in America's history, because you, it, it, it's, it's beyond irresponsible, for one thing, to sit and, and people are painting a narrative, and they really are. And when you say cancel culture, it's terrifying to think that anybody at any time, because what they do, and I say they because there's multiple organizations that I'm not even going to sit because I know we want to talk to Audra and we want to talk to everyone. But at the end of the day, something's going on right now where Nobody wants to even speak out. Everybody jumps on board and you and then you're ostracized if if you have a different story because it doesn't suit the narrative or the organization. And what's so scary is it's not it doesn't mean that it's true. And and we can't sit here. And if it's it's so delicate, it's very delicate because, you know, everyone will say this is their truth. It's their truth. But I want people to look closer because is it? And who's meant, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going to throw it out there. Who's mentally ill and maybe regretful and and just saying things and then they skew it and edit it a certain way. I mean, this is happening and, and we do have to talk about it. And that's what we're here to talk about because we're not going to sit and gossip about anybody. That's what Echo and I have always said, but we do want to hear everyone else's truth. We want to hear everybody else's story. And we do. I know Josh has some sound bites for us. We do want to. There were things that I watched, and I'm only on episode six of this Secrets of Playboy, this A&E thing. And I already caught. I mean, I can write in my mind. I can think of two solid lies. And and I'm sure more than that, because it was nonstop that I'm like, what? That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. And if all of us are doing this. We've got to start talking about it. And that's what we're here to do. Yeah, and, so. and, you know, to, to touch yeah. on that, Karina, um, finding out just recently, I, I don't know if it was, I think, Brian, you're the one who told me that it was based, loosely based on Jennifer Saginaw's book, um, which I didn't know. So, Karina, will you read that letter um, that yeah. Hef? Yeah. So when her book came out, which was in 2014, I believe, um, and she was, I, and, and again, and this is where we're going to say, when you said we're factual, no fact check us. If you hear something that isn't, isn't right. Um, because I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just the messenger here, but playboy boss, Hugh Hefner has attacked and it says attacked again, that strong language, but he, I, I would say he didn't attack. He was responding and defending himself because he was alive to do so. That's another thing. I know you guys all think the same way. Um, she's a, he's attacked the daughter of his former doctor, which Dr. Saginor was there with Hef. You know this, Brian, and all of us know this. Um, I mean, he was always with Hugh Hefner and was his personal doctor for years and years. So this is, we're talking about the daughter 
of that claimed that she grew up at the magazine editor's famous home, Homeby Hills, California mansion in her new book. This was 2014. Hefner insists Jennifer Saginar's new book, A Childhood Lost Inside the Playboy Mansion is full of lies and readers shouldn't believe she grew up among naked playmates and drunk celebrities. Hefner states she didn't grow up at the Playboy Mansion. She visited the Playboy Mansion on a number of occasions with her father. And he's particularly upset by claims in the book that Saginaw's first visit to the mansion when she was six included an early taste of celebrity excess and pornography. He fumed the references to her very first visit are clearly untrue. They refer, they refer to John Belushi at a time when Belushi was not here long before I met him. Belushi and I first met after I hosted Saturday Night Live in October of 1977, two years after what she's referring to. She refers to turning on a television set on that af afternoon on her first visit and seeing people having sex on the Playboy channel. Well, Playboy TV didn't exist until 1982. So he refuted, and those things are, you know, I I just, I, I'm going to stand with Hef, and that's what we are all saying. I stand with Hef. And on A&E, they did reenactments that showed a little baby girl, you know, a six-year-old on the steps watching orgies from the staircase. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. Just ridiculous. The dramatized, highly dramatized moments that you saw, young Jennifer looking, I mean, they were, I mean, even badly produced. I mean, it was just, it's, it was pathetic is what it was. I mean. Josh, why don't you guys um, talk about, because you did have interaction with Alexandra Jean, as all of us did. I know that she contacted every single one of my Playmate sisters had spoke to her. And she had uh, done a documentary, the Hedy Lamar story, and Karina and I loved that documentary. And so when she said that that was her, I was like, oh, yeah, totally. So Karina and I... Last July, when we were in the studio recording our first season, I was still talking to them at that point and said, hey, why don't you come into the studio? Karina and I will both be there. You can see what we're doing there. Interview us there. It'd be great cross uh, promotion. And they're like, oh, yeah, that would be great. Well, no, they didn't come because we now know why, because that we were not on the same context with them. But you guys tell us your story about that. And, and you, like you knew you're like, something's up. Uh, open it up. By coincidence, uh, my sister actually used to date Gen uh, Jennifer Saginaw. So through, uh, so she knew who I was. And then through, you know, I, I was contacted by her initially. And she was telling me about this great thing that we're going to be doing about half. And, uh, you know, would you like to maybe be involved? So I said, well, this sounds interesting. How about, you know, I can, Brian and I are friends. I He's someone you definitely want to talk to. I'll give him a call. And, uh, you know, so I got Brian and then when they reached out and Brian started finding, you know, talking to Alexandra or Jennifer, I don't know which producer. It, it, I know it wasn't Jennifer. It was when I was reached out and Josh had actually given me a call prior. Yeah. I said, hey, I just got in this conversation. They're going to do this really cool documentary on half. Dude, I, I, I mentioned again that, you know, hey, they should reach out to you. Yeah. And then I go and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's something, to, you know, it's something cool. I, I You know, I loved half. So yeah. I'm absolutely in. So then I got the phone call um, that Josh had told me I would receive. And. When I was asking about it, I said, okay, before I do this, because, you know, we're, we, there are NDAs that have been signed. Mm -hmm. um, there are some loopholes to that, um, like, you know, 
you mentioned, I had a, a show on Playboy Radio for seven and a half years. So therefore, I was granted permission to talk about things that happened with the, the mansion in light of the the the, the charity um, you know, the philanthropy that, that Mr. Hefner was doing. And so I was given rights to go ahead and do interviews and things like that. I got permission from actually Mr. Hefner and Mary O'Connor. So I said, okay, so what's this documentary about? Because has it been sanctioned by Playboy? Mm-hmm. Right, right away. I wanted to know because as well as, you know, where, where is this going? And then they mentioned, oh, well, have you uh, read or know about the book from uh, Je- Jennifer Saginar? And I went, wait a minute. Um, yeah, I know about that. And I, I automatically said, I go, you know, that's all fabrication, right? I mean, Hef even spoke out about it. Everyone, I'm friends with Doc, you know, matter yeah. of fact, I, I helped coordinate his wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good friends with Doc. Doc, and, I've known, yeah. yeah years, so, years, so Jesus. I know there were trouble or something going on and I don't want to get into people's personal stuff. Just, there was some troubles there on their own side. And I said, I got to really think about this. Got another phone call said, hey, we really love to do this interview. You love and I go, you know what? If it's based anything or connected to the book, I want nothing to do with it. And I pulled out, called Josh mm-hmm. ASAP. And he go, dude, something's wrong. This isn't going to be good. I think it's going to be a hit piece. Um, I go, I just yeah. could feel it. I could hear the way they were asking. Yeah. Well, you know, we're really trying to get deeper that no one ever, ever else has gone to. And I heard this from other people. They were asking the same stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got any really good salation? I go, Look, I'm not going to be part of something like and that all i needed was to hear from brian uh and that's all i needed because i know you know if he says this isn't this shouldn't fly or we shouldn't be involved we're not you know I, I, so when intended correct i have no idea until i guess they they kind of slided us and not come into the studio but this is interesting too one month ago i had another one of the producers her name is sarah moshman send me an email and she's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And and perhaps you've heard of the A&E docuseries and A&E believes in us so much that they're going to do eight more shows and we want to center on your voices. And so I played dumb and I was like, oh yeah, I want to be a part of it. Call me. So she called me and I recorded (laughs) the conversation and I heard her out. And then she's like, would you like to be a part of this? And I said, I took a deep breath, which if anybody who knows me was actually really, um, amazing because I go from zero to a hundred real quick. (laughs) But I was like, no, no, no. We all know exactly what you're doing. It is wrong. It is disgusting. And it is false. And then I asked her, did you do any research into Hef's philanthropy? Do you know anything about him? Like at all? And she kind of, you know, started stumbling. And she was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, of course, you know, like we're going to we're going to touch on that, but you know, we really want to center on your voices. And I was like, no, I was like, Karina and I have an amazing platform and we stand with Huff and that's what we're going to do. And before I hung up, she's like, well, can you tell me about the um, playmates that took their own lives? And I was like, what are you talking about? So she uh, named, um, Sloan. she had endometriosis and, and that it was an accidental overdose. I knew her and it made me mad. I got angry. This lady that talked to you, I had the same conversation with her and she kept saying, oh, suicides, suicides. And I was like, those women, the best time of their lives were Playboy. And I know it was. She said, um, Anna Nicole Smith and then Stephanie Adams. And I said, unfortunately, 
had horrible management from the get-go and she was fed drugs forever. And the week before she passed, her son had just died the day that she delivered her baby girl. So that has nothing to do with Playboy. And Stephanie Adams jumped out of the 47th floor in New York City with her four-year-old in her arms because her ex wouldn't let her take him to Europe. She's a psychopath. And that, again, has nothing to do with Playboy. So your narrative is wrong and it is disgusting and you are not going to cancel Hugh Hefner ever. I would love to hear Audra's, Audra's take and her story. Um, your experience at Playboy, because that's what we really want to talk about. I, well, first off, I, I want to say to that I did not watch it because I won't watch it and I won't support it. I've seen some of the articles that have come out and it's like line after line. I'm like, that's not true. That's not true. Drugs all around the mansion. Hef wasn't into drugs and, and cocaine and everything. You know, you know the CIA investigated him for cocaine and found nothing. If the CIA no. didn't find anything, no, did they do any research on that? Yeah, so he had nothing, nothing to hide. To hide. And I lived at the mansion two different times. I lived there uh, two weeks after Holly had moved in. And then I lived there again uh, while the girls next door was filming. And that man was the nicest, kindest, most gracious and generous person I've ever met. And I watched, and I was really good friends with Holly and Bridget. I mean, I, I saw Holly had nothing but love for him. She followed him all around. She was so into everything that he did. Um, he made her um, part of the magazine where she got to do the centerfolds. Didn't she kind of take over for like Marilyn Grabowski, like an editor? He tried to lift her up and do so much for her. And it, it really hurts me to see these things come out because I was there and, and I know what happened. I know what didn't. And, you know, the second time that I, I moved into the mansion, I went through Holly and, and you know, in, in L.A., a lot of doors open for us. You know, we're, we're a very exclusive bunch of girls. And some of those doors are great and some of those doors are tragic. And unfortunately, I went through a bad door and I needed help. I went to Holly and I told her what was happening. And uh, she talked to Hef and Hef moved me in immediately. And he moved me into the main house instead of the house across the street because of what I had going on. And I had a German shepherd. And so I got to live in the main house and I saw everything that happened there. I mean, he was a complete gentleman. I also know that he did a lot for um, sex trafficking. He did a ton of stuff for uh, children of the night, which um, helped children that were being sex trafficked. I know Brian has a lot more to, to talk, I think, about that. Um, I know that he was in touch with the FBI trying to help um, girls that were approached or, or got blackmailed into uh, sex trafficking. And he, he did a lot to try to help people. And he was always there for women. You look at his staff, and most of his staff was women. And they worked for him for years and years. I mean, look at Mary O'Connor. You know, if he was such a horrible person, do you think that these women would stick by him like they have? You were in danger. Basically, you were in, in danger, I, I, and and he was there to protect you. The reason I wanted to do this, and it, it it's just because when I was first reached out, and then I got I, I'm 
glad that you said Echo, you re- reached out to like a month ago. I was too. Just a month ago. Just a month ago, got reached back out. Hi, I don't know if you've been seeing, but, you know, we're going to be adding more episodes. And, you know, I know you said you didn't want to be part at the beginning, but, man, we'd really love to get your take and everything. I went off. I went, how dare you? I go, I warned you back then. You guys need to fact check this stuff. Look into it. You're you're getting duped. And if you are going to follow this narrative, there are so many people that are going to come out. Get ready for a lawsuit against you guys. Yeah. I go, because you guys have been throwing – throwing trash at a man that can't even defend himself. But here's the thing. There were so many of us that were around during all those different decades. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard for me. And now this is all I'm saying. Like everyone has their truth, right? And that's what everyone's saying. Like everyone has their truth. You weren't behind every door, Brian. Mm -hmm. You didn't see every little thing. And I go, true. I'm not saying I, I saw every little thing behind every door, but I can tell you this, a person can't hide who they really are. Yeah. Okay. And when I hear about like, you know, the Harvey Weinsteins or if I hear about the Bill Cosby's an Ellen DeGeneres, which everyone thought was America's sweetheart. And all of a sudden people that worked with her start coming out saying, actually, you know, she was like this. She was mm-hmm. like that. You don't hear that about half staff. Yeah. You know about the Playboy staff. I mean, we're all like, going, what are they talking about? That, 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 this man who said, Pleased to everything, thank you to everything, was always so gracious, making sure that he took care of women. Yeah. We were instructed to make sure that every single playmate, every woman that was on the property was treated with such respect. We looked out for him. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many parties were sitting there looking around and go, wait a minute, someone just uh, someone just tried to touch that playmate's uh, bunny tail. Bam, call security, bam, and they're out. Yeah. So... When I, so when I talked, yeah, so when I, that phone call, I, I just went off and I said, how dare you? I go, don't, don't ever call me back. This is disgusting. What you have done is you, you're literally, like I said, trashing a man that can't defend himself, but get ready because there are so many more people that are going to come out and start telling their truth of a man that we loved, respected. And I, and I say this, Hefter never was a liar. No. He was a exactly who he was. Yeah. He said exactly what he, his philosophy was, what he believed in. You knew it. It wasn't a trick. You know what I mean? So it's not like these people were coming to church. Yeah. And like Brian just said, they went to the yeah. Playboy mansion, you know, yeah. Brian said you can't, it's, you can't hide who you are. And you know, especially over time, yeah. cause you find that behavior a right, lot harder right, to get, right. a, get away with. And guess what? Especially, you're a public figure, dare I say, the public figure. Right. So you're not going to be hiding any anything like that if that's your true nature. You're not hiding that over time. It's going to come out. It's going to rise to the surface like it did for the predators like Weinstein and Cosby. Yeah, so where, where's this monster that they're trying to pitch? Exactly. You know, they're trying to depict this monster. And it's like, we never saw this monster. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I'll tell you what a cleanup team is. When one of the players... I won't even mention did claim that things happened at the mansion. And what does Hef do? He calls in the FBI. I mean, Hef was above the line. And if he would call in the FBI to investigate things for people, obviously he wasn't afraid of getting in trouble for anything. And anything that was in and every any you knew what he was. That's what the beauty is. You know, you knew what he was. Exactly. I have a question for you, ladies. So, did either one of you guys had to sleep with Hef to get to be a centerfold? Nope. Because I know I didn't. 
No, and I and here's the deal. You know, a lot of women were very attracted to Hef, and they wanted to, and they approached him, and and if he, right, I never, and and I was comfortable, and I never saw him as a creeper at all. And everyone I know who even dated him and slept with him because they wanted to will tell you what a Brandy was one that's very open and loved him. Kimberly. Bill, as his ex-wife, loved him. Everyone did. So we're going to hear this, just like Brian said, more and more. Everyone's story of who Hef really was. And and it, and it's it, at this point, it really is the principle. Because a public lie... is an ugly thing. And it's, to me, shame on you. Shame on you for, for going on. And why didn't you say it? Why didn't you say it then? Why didn't you press charges then? Clean up team and all these things that they're saying. I'm on episode six. <laughs> and it is, I get so mad. I get so angry that I'm like, I can't, the, are, are people watching this? I think these, for one thing, I think that these people are mentally ill. Another thing, it's not okay to lie. It's not no. okay. You know? There needs to be consequences for lies when there's no proof. Otherwise, anybody could say anything about anybody at any time. How does this stop? No, Audra, it, we're in trouble because, yes, we have Second Amendment rights, but it's like our Constitution. The Constitution of the United States of America is only as good as, as its people. And you know what? I'm not going to get into the whole moral issue because at the end of the day, Hef had a lifestyle you may or may not have agreed with. But the principle was honesty. Like Brian said, there were certain virtues that he did have that hold up the Constitution. Honesty, integrity. And he had all of those things where he wouldn't have been able to run an empire the way he did or have a, a system that worked. And it, so, you know, all of these things that they're saying and Mickey Garcia, Mickey Garcia lied. And, and to me, if you lie, you're not credible. If I catch you with one lie, you're not credible to me. And Mickey Garcia said that every Playmate of the Year, she said this on, a, on Secrets of Playboy a a every Playmate of the Year, do you think they just got Playmate of the Year for no reason? Uh, uh, you know what? Whatever. Uh, I I know I didn't. You know, if I can jump, if I can jump in real quick, um, I just want to state that, like we were saying, many people are going to start speaking up, and I think this is what we need to do. You look, we're not writing a book. No, we don't. We're not promoting it. We got nothing to sell here. Yeah, where do you know going? You know, when I when this first thing came out, right, and it started coming out, and I started to, I actually haven't sat down and watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I have been getting phone call after text after phone call. Oh my God, they said this, they said that. I had a, a friend of mine set it all up for me to be able to go over to go watch it because yeah. I just don't do cable. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So he had it set up and I said, you know what? I've good. heard enough. Yeah. I can't do this. I um, uh, I think what, what, what needs to be done is I don't really want to promote people to go watch this trash, mm-hmm. but I do want to encourage people to start speaking up there are enough people out there that know their story of what, you know, Mr. Hefter was like to them. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Audrey, you talk about how he protected you and brought you into the home. Audrey's not the only one. There's <laughs> others. I'm not going to go naming people, but they know who they are. For persons that have reached out to him and said they're in a down and out place. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, they got a bedroom. And guess what? They didn't sleep with them. They weren't a girlfriend. He was just helping them out. Let me let me jump in here and say that uh, I, the onion, 
something was going to be, we'd have to speak out about this. Someone would be eventually. So I'm of the thought I got to, if I'm going to speak out against something, I got to know my enemy, if you will. So I have watched every episode and I'll, t- I'll take the slap in the face of lies for everybody here. Uh, man, it's, it's getting, it seems to be getting a little worse and worse and more ridiculous as the episodes go on. And I have it on good authority. Uh, you know, I haven't seen it myself, but apparently, spoiler alert for oh, anyone yeah. watching the show, but apparently the final episode is seeing it's their big reveal is that Hef's love of his life was actually Doc Saganor, and they were gay lovers the entire time. Okay, Okay, all right. So, ladies, ladies. <laughs> Okay, so so ladies, so you know, okay. That's freaking crazy. Love Doc. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to point out, um, so what Josh has uh, uh, said, I did a show also for, uh, you know, we all know Jessica Hall, mm-hmm. right? And she does her show, uh, Flashbacks. Yeah. And I'd reached out to Jenna. Go, man, because uh, Inside Edition, it, 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 I'd gotten reached out yeah. through another person. They were going to do an interview with Inside Edition. Then I knew something was up, too, because they were going to film on one day, uh, Playmates uh, and people involved with Playboy back in the 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to do Us like 90s, but then we had Allison, yeah. uh, Allison Reynolds, who's been, you know, was one of F's sec- social secretaries and has known half his personal friend for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden our day got cut and see Allison had, had been recorded for this show for like two days. And she said, Brian, it was weird. They, they recorded me for two days and yet they've used like a sentence or two. And yeah. she goes, something didn't seem right. And they kept pressuring to try to come up with dirt. So Allison and Joel did the show with me on Jessica's. Mm-hmm. And that's when Joel brought out Joel, exactly what Joel, we're talking yeah, about. Joel is credited for bringing that big uh, spoiler alert out. Because I haven't seen the episode yet. So I can't speak out against it technically. But I, right. Joel will know. And, you and, know? Then, and, you know, and then also yeah. did the show. At the, at the first part is with uh, Isabella St. James yep. and Renee Bio, who was, was Renee good. Sloan at the time. Yeah. They were girlfriends with him. Yeah. Okay. And they spoke their truth. And this is where I'm thinking, ah, man, I'm just encouraging everyone, please. You're out there. This is not a Harvey Weinstein. This is not a Bill Cosby BS. We are speaking up for a man that we truly 100% knew. We lived there. We we, we saw this man almost on a daily basis. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you have your stories. Like Allison Reynolds, my gosh, she, you, you hear what she knows of this man, you know? Yeah, Allison Joel. Joel. I mean, oh the God. list goes on. I'm just encouraging everyone, start speaking out, you know, because people need to make up their own determination. I'm yeah. not here to tell you that's a lie or that's a lie. I, yeah. I misspoke when I did do Jessica's yeah. show and I said, I'm, ta- I'm just sick of all these lies because I'm, I'm really hurt. I'm hurting that they're doing this to this man that we all loved and know behind the scenes of what he did, all the good things he did. And so what I'm really saying is, okay, put two and two together, start investigating. It's just like, you don't go turning on the news and just because the news said it, it's true. And then all of a sudden they're retracting and giving you like, oh, well, we kind of outspoke that, but we already threw it out there. We're sorry. Oops. That's the world we live in. I was further upset to learn that I was further upset to learn that a lot of us from the the, the, the era, the the recent, our era, Lisa Playboy, were all interviewed. I didn't know they ever, they did get to a lot of people and guess what? None of those interviews are used. Oh no. You can't show the good stuff. 
Can't do that. Otherwise, you don't have, you so know, a, a smear listen, campaign. They, you don't I have the history. out to them you know? over and over again and never heard a word. I'm surprised that they even called you guys, but I guess they probably wouldn't want me because I lived there at the time that, that Holly was there. And I also wrote the New York Times, and I find it interesting that the New York, New York Times, or not New York Times, the LA Times, sorry, the LA Times, they didn't, they didn't do any justice there either. And it's like, how many of us wrote in there? Yeah, I, you we know? Were, I was involved. I was interviewed. Uh, there was a lot of us, but I think what they were doing, Amy Kaufman of the Times uh, was trying yeah. to give a balanced. I think that was her approach to it. But I think things were like maybe heard more on the other side to that. But that being said, right. it was still something, you know, we're this us standing together and talking about half and the people who knew him. We've got yeah, we've gotten some attention already. I mean, look, we're sitting here right now, and uh, and you know, look, I'm going to keep. I will stay on this train until the episodes are done airing. We all just look back at, or forget about it. Let it fizzle out and fail on its own. It does suck. Um, it does. But one of the things we were talking about yesterday, Brian had told me on the Butler episode. I was so excited to look it up because I hadn't followed the HMH Foundation. I was really excited about it. Because I love, you know, have philanthropy work that we all want to concentrate on. So Brian tells me about it. And yesterday I said, where is that website? Because I mean, the the Instagram account. And I went to the Instagram account and I said, is this it? And he, he started freaking out. He's like, everything's gone. This is weird because I wanted to look at his scrapbooking because it is fascinating. Scrapbooking was incredible. Yes, and they removed all of it. Whoever's in control of the HMH Foundation, there's not one photo of Hef, Hef except the the main photo. And and you know the the captions were all great. Everything that I saw, you know, if you pretty much stand for Second Amendment, I mean First Amendment rights. But the thing that was so crazy is, I I mean, you wonder are, are things just being scrubbed? And, but and listen, it, it, it happened to the children of the night too. All of his, he he got awards from them. All of that scrubbed, yeah. gone. Oh God, sorry, but for doing all the parties over the years, and Brian, of course, you know a lot of these major events. Seventy-five percent of those are cherry events and fundraisers. Yes. Wildlife way station, wounded warriors. The list goes on. Yeah. Not and he never on let he he never bragged about it. He just did the right thing, and that's important to talk about because it's easier for people to erase someone, especially if he wasn't adamant about having his name on things, which he wasn't. He understood the brand. He understood how to separate the brand from certain organizations, but he would give, and that's a beautiful thing. And a lot of people would put his name, but at the end of the day, the point is he was not a villain. And and all of us, there's so many of us holding hands here saying, no, no, he was not a villain. He was not a monster. Family, they're bringing up Charles Manson weirdness. It's like, it was a family, but those are things. And this is what is so the opposite of journalism. When you take something and you just paint something and, and put it in, oh, the family. You always talked about the family. Just because Manson did does not mean that he was like Charles Manson. Like, and and people are this ignorant that you have, and that's why we're speaking out. You have young people that are just like, yeah, yeah, how awful. He's a monster. And look what he did to Holly and blah, blah, blah. And 
and I, it's wrong, and that's why we're here. So Hollywood uh, wouldn't I, have their Hollywood sign without Hess. Yes, he refurbished it. Right. They want to tear it down. He saved it. Yep, he refurbished and yeah, brought it back to its original condition. All on, and he, that was all him. Yeah, all out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just, I just wanted to say what I was going to say is that, you know, for, for persons that are saying that they have trauma, they were, you know what I mean? Uh, mistreated. Why'd you keep going back? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, why, why were you excited you when you got that you new invite to go to a party? No. You know what I mean? It's like, right. you wouldn't go back, but you kept going back, kept going back. So this is where I'm saying for anybody watching this, this, whatever you want to call it, trash piece. Look at the stories, listen to people's stories, put two and two together. Just like, you know, uh, Mr. Hafter pointed out in that article about the book. Wait a minute. She's saying this happened, but look, that didn't come out till then. Yeah. So she couldn't have been there that, or, or said this at this age or all these things. Yeah. So when you do those fact checks, you know, and, and I just hate the word fact checking because I can't stand that crap that's going on in the world. But what I'm saying is really look for the actual facts. Listen to the things, put two and two together. And, and like I said on the first show what I did with you guys. Um, you know, Bridget Berman did an amazing oh, documentary. God. You know, Hugh Hefner, Playboy Rebel Activist. Yeah. I think it's still on Netflix. See Hopefully it. it's not scrubbed. But, you know, it, it shows all the background of so many things that Mr. Hefner has done. And it's like, how are you that person? Mm-hmm. But all of yeah. a sudden, no. Doesn't oh, no. It's just. Yeah. And then as far as the, the only person. The only people offering testimonials on this show, with the exception of Holly Madison, weren't even there in this millennium. They're from a different even. No one has been there since, oh, 1985 or 6 or 90. But no one's been there since then to even speak out except for Holly. And Holly is just based, let's face it, she's shoveling the same crap she did in her book. And the only way you can, and the best way to go ahead and find out what's bullshit or not is just watch the girls next door. I, I mean, there's a whole episode, you know, there's a whole episode where she has her, her parts uh, glazed into a cake to put on top of a cake to offer up as a birthday cake or. I mean, Jesus Christ, this is not the same woman who's victimized or led into all this shit. I mean, anyway, that's just my take on that that part. Well, you know, you're right, though. There, yeah. there there, was a show that was throughout the world showing what's going on. Yeah. Just watch Girls Next Door. If Holly somebody is- was that abused and lived such a horrible life and felt prisoner at the mansion, would they be trying to have Hugh Hefner's baby? The other thing that I find interesting is that when... When uh, somebody left there and was dating Chris Angel and he broke up with her, she needed somewhere to go. And who did she call? Hugh Hefner. And who took her in? Hugh Hefner. Sad when, you know, I always say you should never bite a hand that fed you. And sadly, you know, who would you be? Where would you be? Would anyone even know your name? Um you know, maybe a few people, <laughs> maybe one person. I don't know. Call me crazy, but uh, how are you a piss in the wind and on the radar without you, Hefner? So at least give him some gratitude. No, instead, you're biting the hand that feeds you. That's why I'm, I'm there. It, it's just, it's sad. It's all sad. It's, I was really good friends with Crystal Camden, which is one of Hef's girlfriends. Her and I were like inseparable. We went everywhere together. She told me all the stories, you know, that, that went on and none, none of that graphic stuff in the bedroom went on either, you know, like what they're talking about. But 
she uh, she had an issue with bulimia and uh, this cost our friendship for a while, but I went up to Hef and I asked him, um, I told him about what Crystal was suffering through and he started crying. I mean, this is a man that had so much emotion and he started crying and he grabbed my hands and he's like, you're a true friend. I'm going to get her help. And he paid eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 for her therapy. And I want to note that she was not his girlfriend at the time. She had broken up with him and she left and she still needed help and he still helped her. What, what kind of heart is that? <laughs> Huge. Wow. He was very thoughtful. He's very thoughtful. Absolutely. I, I, was, I was always amazed that he would remember my family members' names when we were talking and ask them about, you know, ask about them. And I'm, and I, of all the people that he knows, and I, you know, it's mind blowing how thoughtful he was of everyone. He, yeah. And he did care about the girls. And, mm-hmm. and when you hear these women on the secrets of Playboy, their bitterness, that's another thing. It's a real bitterness and, and they have a vendetta for some reason didn't get what they wanted in life. I don't know. But I, that some of the things that they say, how how it's very vicious. And there's a difference too. Like, what are you listening to? It, it's vicious uh, gossip, vicious. And it, and I, I just, I think that's what hurts watching it too. It's one thing if you're really a victim and, and, and you're telling your story, that is very emotional. But if you watch them, it's, it's, it's just regret, you know, you just see mm-hmm. these, it's a bitterness and they've made bad decisions and they want someone to blame. That's the only thing I can think. That, that's usually somebody that's upset with themselves because me, I mean, I'm a victim of, of horrible abuse and I have found healing and strength through it. And, and I've come to terms with it and I forgive the people that did it and I move on and that's in the past and I have to let, let go of it. And there's no need for the anger and the hate and everything else. And it, it takes away the happiness, you know? Yeah, well, that's beautiful. The, yeah. That's why you're so beautiful still. I mean, it, and it is, it's probably how you let things affect you in life because I mean, it is, you're a beautiful example of that's that having a forgiving heart and not holding on to things or whatever, but uh, how horrible, you know, that you ever had to face anything like that. How awful. And and I think that it makes it even more credible for her. It makes me mad when I face what I've faced. And then to know who Hefner truly is deep down in his heart. And I mean, I saw that man every single day. And if I had any issues or, or, or had needed somebody to talk to, I could go and sit and talk to him and he would talk to me and it wouldn't, he wouldn't act like he didn't care about what I was talking about. He was deeply into what I was talking about and he'd take the time out and never rushed me. And he was always there for me. And it, it's so sad to me to know the, the people that have abused me that are still out there, just still abusing people and it's fine. And then somebody that was such a wonderful man get painted as what these other people really are. <laughs> Calling him a monster, Sandra. I mean, Sandra, I felt sad for her. That I, again, I'm not caught up like Josh is with these episodes, but I was watching her and she. I thought it made me sad for her. She's and she's showing these pictures of this wonderful life she had when she was Hef's girlfriend, and. You know, teach your children, teach your girls to say no. And if they don't want something, 
They don't have to go that road. And and clearly she wanted to. That's what's so weird to me and, and all of us. It's like, you made that decision. You're the one that entered whatever, you know, you want to say his private bedroom life or whatever. And And to me, it's like, yeah, look at yourself in the mirror. Why are you blaming, calling him a monster? That's it. And it, it's just mind blowing. It's mind blowing when there are monsters like Audra has faced monsters. We've all faced certain monsters, real ones, real ones. And yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. It just doesn't. Yeah. Like I said, don't get me started on some of this stuff. I, I know, I know, I've I know, seen I know. them all. I mean, we may be really. watching mental illness. It's, it's, that's a real thing. We may be watching it, and, and sadly, that's almost sadistic to put mentally ill people on a show and, and legitimize it. I mean, I don't know. Call me crazy. Maybe I'm mentally ill. Well, I heard the animal one too. And granted, I wasn't there, but Hef loved animals so much. Like that whole thing just like blows my mind because animals are Hef's life. There's there's no way. I just think A&E should be ashamed of themselves. And I told that to the, the person that called me. I go, you should be ashamed of yourselves. I go, what happened to the original A&E that I remember back doing? Uh, oh, yeah. I was part of the Inside the Playboy Mansion uh, docuseries. Yeah. I mean, documentary that they did for that. Um, and I go, and used to, and I go, what? So you wait till the man has passed, yep. and now you're going to try to create this dirt and dig this dirt. I go, you didn't do any fact checking on any of this stuff. Did you ask other people that were around then, or at least put those people and let them speak their truths? Like we said, like, like, uh, like Allison had told me she was interviewed for two days. Two days. This would have never have happened if Hep was still alive. Never. And then, and then at the end of the, I, I don't think they had this on the first show that came out, but they did put that disclaimer at the end. I, and I kind of think they did that after the letter came out because they were just completely attacked. But it brings uh, over decades by Hugh Hefner and others associated with him. The vast majority of have not been the subject of criminal investigations or charges, and they do not constitute proof or guilt, along with the 1-800 number for true victims of sexual assault, which does not apply to any of those women. It's like, well, they're admitting that they're lying. <laughs> We're letting you know that none of this is true, but we want everybody to believe it anyway. I mean, what in the world has have we come to? <laughs> Do people out there understand that when you were Hef's girlfriend, that you got free cars, you got all of your bills paid for, your health insurance paid for, unlimited plastic surgery? I He told Holly she was beautiful the way she was, and she was so fixated. And even she would stand and look at all the pictures that he'd have on the wall, and she'd pick about her nose. And I'm like, your nose is beautiful, you know? But He's like, whatever makes you happy. And he kept shilling out money to have more stuff done. And, you know, he he did so many wonderful things. $1,000 in cash a week for them. He'd give them allowances for uh, events she and she red carpet events they got to do. That's so abusive. I'm sorry. That's not funny. But, you know, I, I, I get sad because we're this yeah. spoiled in America. I mean, right now, Ukraine 
you can't even, it's mind blowing what people really mm. go through in life. And for you to be wow, wow, wow. I was on a ship and not allowed to leave a room or wow, wow, wow. Somebody said my hair looked bad. <laughs> you know, there are people being bombed and losing their lives. I have a really interesting factoid about that. Um, Bill Farley shared it with me just recently um, that Hef in the 80s was on the top 10 list of people to be assassinated. And that's why he stayed at the mansion. And he's concerned and protecting you because he's an icon. And this is what's ignorant and sad. People don't understand that. Hello, he has people that will kidnap you. Also, wait a minute. And then, of course, they are complaining about the 9 o'clock curfew. I'm sorry, but at 9 o'clock in those nights, you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Everyone that came in, whether it was corporate, whether it was playmate, whether on on all levels, one of the things I remember clearly is, is, you know, Hef does not allow drugs. I don't know if you guys got that. Does not. It is. There is not even a question about it. And and I wasn't into drugs, so I thought it was funny. I was like, but it also made me because I was young and I, you know, it was all a new world to me. But I I felt comfortable right away. I was like, oh, good. No drugs, because everything that you ever hear about Playboy and all of the salacious things. And, you know, he had the wild parties in the 70s. And, you know, you hear all of these things coming in as a young girl. You're like. Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, the, uh, what is this going to be like? And it was none of those things. That's just my experience. It was, it was amazing. And I mean, it was they did their own thing. You know, there was, there's obviously you have a free will decision to do whatever you want. But I just remember that. I remember them saying, you know, one of the things that Hef is really against, and it was because of that whole cocaine scandal. So he really watched his people use with that and Nothing. wouldn't allow you yeah. know, those things and got the word out. So you know, that's what's so bizarre. It, it Things that my own, and I'm just a no, you know, I feel like I'm a nobody, but it, it, I, those were my personal experiences. I was like, no, I remember him mm-hmm. it, like it, literally no drugs. And they're like, yeah. acting like he was a drug addict and they were drug mules for him. They do. In the series, they say that they're drug mules. I'm like, that's <laughs> Wow. You were a Oh, and even the nudity, you guys, around the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, you could go topless around the pool, but if if the butlers came up and stuff, you're supposed to cover yourself or the butlers were not supposed to look at you. And he didn't want you running around completely <laughs> naked or any of that stuff. You weren't allowed in the house naked. Like, mm-hmm. sunless, you know, we were all models, so we didn't want tan lines. So he understood the, the topless. And if it wasn't for that, I don't even know if he would have us, na- you know, topless around there. He was. The most security I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, the girls I saw were painted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the parties. I, I can I can speak on that, Audra, um, mm. about the nudity for the girls, right? Yeah. So you got to remember, there was the Playboy Mansion that was the uh, East. Yeah. It it would it was the fantasy, yeah. right? Oh. It's just like whatever stays in Vegas stays or happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So whatever happens in the Playboy Mansion, it's the fantasy, right? People see all the the the, the, <laughs> right. the different clips of of parties and yeah. people all laying out at the pool. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys, those were all set up. Yeah. Most of the time, it was a family home. Yeah. It was a family home on a regular basis. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I go, 
But but on these special times, we want to promote something. That's what we did. Brought the girls in, set it all up, lights, camera, boom. It was part of creating the mystique. But this is what I can say about uh, about nudity, right? So yes, Audrey, yes, you're correct that the yep, girls right. were not running around yep, naked. You're right. Um, they yep. actually did tan on the deep end of the pool, mm-hmm. and there was a giant tree. Remember the yeah. big giant redwood? Yeah. And the big giant redwood was never knocked down, not only because it was one of the original uh, trees from the mansion, but it blocked any of the staff being able to look across and these girls could have their privacy. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, like you say, no tan lines, they tan in the back. Here's the weird part, right? We all knew the girls weren't coming in (laughs) running around naked, but all of a sudden Holly started doing this. Yeah, It was uncomfortable. We're all staff going, what is she doing? And literally walking in, completely stark naked oh and we're like going what do we That's do bizarre. what do we do and we're all trying to avert our eyes try to go to going what's going on here yeah. are you are you messing with us are you te- this isn't cool this isn't what we signed up it was uncomfortable i could tell you a lot of staff came into my office and say we don't know what to do and i go what's going on? i go you just got to take the, take the request the order and walk. and this is what's really going on behind the scenes yeah. 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 Like, Whoa, what are you doing? I'm going to go on Secret to Playboy. And uh, anyway, but also the only, I think I just said this, but even at the parties, the only uh, Playboy lady, uh, people who were working for Playboy and the girls working for Playboy, the only naked girls you saw at those parties were painted. Yes, body painted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you'd have to be sitting there with like a microscope looking in to see anything. And it was crazy, though, the, the paint job. Uh, yeah. But I want to I want to chime in on the on the drug thing. Michael, okay. Michael's too. He was so against drugs. It was huge. I used to have to help during the events at the parties, right? I was like everywhere. I was helping put out fires. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was in guest services, but at the same time, I had my eyes watching everything. And anytime we saw a girl that was mistreated, obviously mm-hmm. we'd call security. Also, we had to call security when anyone was trying to light up. We'd be nice. We'd go up and go, look, I'm sorry. And this is when marijuana was illegal. Okay. Yeah. So understand this is an illegal drug at the time. So it's like, oh, you can't do that. Oh man, but come on. It's the Playboy Mansion. No, uh, we, we don't do that here. And you can't and put that out or out. We're going to escort you to leave. Yeah. I'm not going to name names, but I was called because no one wanted to do it. And there was a very prominent rapper that is very well known for constantly smoking. Oh, come on. And I'm like, yeah. I had to, I got the call. Like, we know we got to go tell him to stop. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm off. All right, I'll go do it. And I had literally had to go into the grotto and I said, Yo, guys, I'm sorry, but I'm breaking up the party. You can't do that. And they're all looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, you seriously can't do that. And security followed in. Yeah. I think we all know who it is. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not trying to use this to like, you know, put to name names or point fingers. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying an instance that shows that clearly Mr. Hefner did not allow drugs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, bathrooms. If anyone was in a bathroom, uh, over a long period of time, uh, you know, we would get alerted. We had our coat check girls. We yeah. know who that was in the bathhouse. Hey, yeah. someone's been in the bath too long. Security be sitting there pounding on the door. Mm-hmm. If anything was seen, those people are escorted and pulled off the property. Mm-hmm. That's not what the mansion was about. And when, hey, when it's have friends where it's out of line, they would also be, would be asked to take a time out from the mansion. I'm not naming names at no, all. That all, would happen. Absolutely. He would do that all the time. Oh, here's one. Here's one. Okay. He didn't like people to be so drunk and inebriated that they couldn't control themselves. Mm -hmm. 
he actually reprimanded playmates. And you don't all know that playmates did not drink at all when they were working, when they were working. If if anyone was drunk at like, let's just say like a Friday uh, movie night or a Saturday night, all of a sudden that girl got a phone call and said, uh, no, you can't be acting like that. You got to compose yourself. You got to remember that, you know what I mean? Where you're at and where we all represent, and we don't need to be like that. Yeah, he was don't. really big about. You know, it's funny. Everyone talks about you know Mr. Hefter in his Jack and Cokes that he took a couple little sips. Yes. Half the time we threw them out and made a new one. Well, Josh yeah. had to make all the new ones. I'm yeah. like, give me a fresh one. Yeah. And it was a couple sips. Yeah. And then, then you know what I mean. Well, what you did was, and it's very. He was very exactly. specific. You have exactly. to pour his Jack and Cokes with a jigger, a little jigger that measures it. He sees exactly, exactly what's going in. He gets his Pepsi, you know, where you put the Pepsi, but those Pepsis come in small bottles. He would take mm-hmm. the bottle with him, the bottle yes. of Pepsi, and keep yes. just drinking it, but still, like, diluting the same drink over and over again, and then maybe would have another, you know? But that was it. They were measured. And Doc Saginor, bless him, would always be down there sometimes double-checking to make sure oh, yeah, his health over the years. Was still down there, like eyeballing, or like, yep, here you go, and it's always in front of Hep. So that was a thing. He wasn't getting hammered. I've never seen Hep hammered. No. And again, we're speaking. I'm speaking from like I was there in 1996 mm-hmm. to 2017. Yeah. I can speak for the time that I was there. I don't know what happened in the 70s. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I did have a boss that told me a lot of the things. And he goes, yeah, a lot of that was all fabricated. It, it mm-hmm. didn't happen. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like it was for show. You know, and and I'm going, okay. So what I see here, and and look. Here's a man that when he married Kimberly, guess oh. what? Oh, All yeah. Those parties he was stopped. monogamous. The monogamous family. family. Yeah. When I got there, it was a family. I was there. Yeah. And there it was, wasn't yeah. until, unfortunately, when they, you know, when they separated that, hey, he's going to come back mm-hmm. out and he started having parties again. But it, you just can't, you put two and two together and you try to hear these stories and they're going, this isn't making sense. Yeah, when I first got the job at the mansion, the, the, the grotto had children's toys floating in it and floats and you know well i wanted to say too like when i was there when i was there i i saw hef and jeans one time and i'm like where are you going he's like parent teacher conferences and i'm like what parent teacher conferences like i can't imagine this one and you know the boys would be up and and they'd have all their little friends and they'd be videoing themselves, you know, acting through all these scenes and it, they were so the smart time. and they're they're so creative all and the time. um they had what was it Tuesday night was family night where Kimberly would come over with the kids and they'd watch a movie and they'd spend time together and he had such a wonderful relationship with his ex-wife and his kids and he always took time out for them, you know. It, he was a family man. He was such a genuine Somebody with so much empathy, which you don't see anymore, you know, in Hollywood with people that are of his and stature. And so humble because think about it, you know, Brian, you were there, like you just said, the yeah. years that you were and you got real close with the, you. It's a, it is a family. And and I hate how they keep saying it on A&E, like it's the Manson family. No, we're real people. We're all like, we have big hearts. I know that all of us sitting here are compassionate, normal like we have normal lives. We, you know what I mean? Like we're not, I, I saw, I saw the kindness of Hef. I saw the generosity of him. I saw, I, I he was not this monster and, and I'm just grateful. Well, hopefully this encourages on. others and to start speaking. We'll, we'll yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, we're coming from a point of view that we actually had personal relationships with yeah, Mr. Hef. 
you know, you we're know. not like, I'm not like some guy to go, yeah, you know, I worked there for three months, but oh my God, during that time, uh, and then we make all this fabrication. Yeah. Oh, by the way, look at me, look at me. I was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, we're like going, look, we, we I'm not going to go and, and start telling stories and secrets and stuff. All I can say is the man that I knew, the man that I got to see, I got to get really close. It was great that I got the opportunity to be there. You know what I mean? I remember, I mean, there's so many stories of where I'd go called up. And, 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 and like I said, I saw this man and I saw who he really was. You know, there was the image, there was the image yeah. of Hef, you know what I mean? Um, and then there was Hugh Hefner, my boss the man. that I saw just on a daily, just a, 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 a really generous guy that was, I think, in, even in himself, was shocked that, wow, I'm, I'm really living this life? Yeah. I'm like, it, it was an idea, yeah. and it really worked. That's why I said he's the American dream, right? He went for it. He, yeah. he fought for it. And I always looked at that, whether you agree with his lifestyle or not. Look, I pointed this out on, on the show I did with you guys, right? It's just so funny with all the crosses in the background. You know, you know I'm a perfect <laughs> Christian, right? I, I, I see that out loud. But... And I, 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 I worked at a place that I saw what that place really was and what a family it was. And I remember when Mr. Hefter found out I was going on a mission trip to Africa and he right away handed out money to all the girls, you know, Holly Bridget and Kendra, go shopping and then bought all this clothes that I took over to Africa. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah. that one people didn't get to hear. You know what I mean? It's just, there's so right. many of those kinds of stories is again, I'm just encouraging people. Speak out, speak out, tell your stories. You have platforms. We have social media platforms. Speak out, reach out to, you know, to, to these ladies, to Echo, to Karina. I know they would love to have you on. Yeah. They want to That's utilize funny. this platform to do so. And, and I hope that it will encourage more uh, women and people. Um, and I think it will, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, somebody has to kind of take the first step and really, you know, have some, you know, detailed conversations about it. And yeah, to all of my Playmate sisters out there, the Playboy family, um, this is this platform is yours as well. So if you want to do anything, please reach out to Karina and I. And we had no idea that any of this stuff was going to be coming about. You know, we had no idea that Playboy was going to be so relevant in the media at this time and place. And I know that Hep is working through us. I know that he is with us. And we have just barely thing for America, because it's like we're hanging by a thread with what America stands for. And he was one of the last vestiges of freedom right. in a sense, which I I know that sounds crazy to say as a Christian too, about a man that had a magazine that was kind of, you know, a, taboo for for most yeah. that were you know but i'm Absolutely. i would say i'm not religious and and just hef is probably in heaven i you know it's faith alone in christ alone apart from any and all works it's not religion it's that's what christ is and uh, brian said it before he's like you know what god brought me into the playboy mansion as a believer and hef you know needed that message too and and the point is when we get back to truth there is truth and there is lies. And, and that's why a lot of people have a problem and they, they want an excuse for their behavior. Hey, the ground is flat at the cross. I don't mean to preach here, but we're all sinners. From a more, so, non, from a more non-secular yeah. standpoint, I forgive with the cross <laughs> behind me. Uh, I just put it down to very simple. The man 
was not only a pop culture hero, he was a civil rights icon. Yes. Right yep. there. 100%. Bam. Absolutely. <laughs> Bam. Yep. I have him looking over my living room, so I see the man every day because he did so much for me. I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have the business I had today, which, by the way, this month uh, is my five-year anniversary from opening yeah. my business, and I had a million dollars in sales. Congratulations. And it would, I wouldn't have happened if I didn't have him in my dream. life. He taught me so much. I love him. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, that's actually a good segue, Audra. So on all the interviews we've done, um, we end the show with two questions. Yeah. Um, Brian has already done this, but um, we would love to ask you and Joshua. Okay, first, three words that define Hef to you. That define him? Oh, I think I just said it in the four or five, but... Um... You know what? Then fine. Uh, more than a pop culture hero, I'll just re repeat civil rights icon. That's it. Three words. Done. You know? Civil rights icon. Civil rights. Love it. Yeah. I was going to say uh, empathetic uh, icon. And the other one just went out my head. But his heart. You can't. That man had the biggest heart for anybody and anything. Animals, uh, people, people that were suffering. He, he donated to so many things. He helped so many people. I mean, he's just, he had a heart of gold. And it just breaks my heart that people, I'm going to tear up, that people would do this to him because exactly. he only helped people. And you know what? I never saw that man in a bad mood. He was always so positive. And had so much life. And he come, you know, bouncing down those stairs. And he was just yeah. so full of life. You know, I love seeing him yeah, every day. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, second yeah. question. If you had a chance to say anything to have in memoriam before he passed, what would you say? Do you want to go or have you already? Uh, you know, I speak for the whole world when I would. Say to him, yeah. thank you for everything. Yep. For everything. That mm -hmm. actually covers a lot of ground. Audra? Well, mine's kind of a lot of truth here. So um, there's been one thing that I regret my entire life, and it was picking up a stupid bag that I thought was a gift bag that wasn't a gift bag. And it was Kendra's bag. And I was so embarrassed to like own up to it. And I feel Aww. bad that I did that. <laughs> and, you know, I was young and stupid. And I wish that I could have told him that, you know? I really do. <laughs> We're going to wrap up the show. Um, we want to remind everybody to um, obviously follow us. Uh, our website is thebunnychronicles.com and you can contact us through there. We also have um, memorabilia and uh, soon merch line and Karina and I are also working on a huge NFT project that's going to YouTube channel as well. We have a full video um, podcast on there. We also have a Patreon page. So 
you want to support the show, send gifts. <laughs> uh, you can do so at Patreon. Our videos now are all up on Spotify, and I'm so excited about That's it. That's cool. Congrats, that means Spotify man. really looked at us. So just stay tuned. Thank you to our mm. audience. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you, our Playboy family. We love you. We are so grateful for you. It is so amazing to be reunited with everybody. And just thank you. Thank you, Josh, Ryan, and Agna. Thank you, guys. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs>